Okay, so getting back to the topic at hand, a lot has been made by media around here about Don Sweeney talking to Joe Sackick for like the better part of an intermission the other night. What do you think is happening there? It honestly could be anything, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I, I think they're they're talking, they could be talking deal. You know, you never know what kind of trade could come up. Something that maybe we don't even see ourselves. But to be honest, if I feel like if you have two executives in the same place at the same time, no matter what, they're going to talk. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you pick... If you're if you're a GM, why wouldn't you pick the brain of another GM? They played against each other for in, in the league at the same time for all those times. They could be been talking like, "Hey, I remember that time I checked into the boards this year." <laughs> I, I I just don't I just don't think reading too much into that is something that needs to be done. Just because, for all we know, they could be discussing you know their favorite friggin' beer. Like we don't know. <laughs> Or, or, you know, Sweeney could be like, so how's paying Carl Soderberg all that money going for you? <laughs> Carl's in charge. <laughs> or he could have been like, dude, did you totally catch that Porygon? No, I didn't. But I got how's, a chancy. <laughs> how's that again the contract working out right okay, now? Okay, now I'm going to spend like the next hour imagining uh, Joe Sackick and then Don Sweeney um, walking around uh, Boston playing po- catching Pokemon things. <laughs> <laughs> you know there there are rumors that a deal's in place, and and I'm like, if there is a deal in place, why don't you just do it? Well, okay. So now this is just rehashing and reciting someone else's podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway. Earlier today, I was listening Cite to the oh, Three Amigos podcast. That is, of course, um, Kirk Ludicky, uh, uh, Dominic Tiano, and uh, Reed Duffy, and they talked at great length about the um, uh, Landis Cog rumors. Yep, and Tiano. Um, uh, who's a reasonably well-connected guy, actually, says he heard from someone he trusts that the deal is close. And he tweeted this some weeks ago. People made a big deal of it. And he sort of criticized people with things like, close doesn't mean tomorrow. There's takes time. They said it basically that both teams got to be running around scouting each other and their prospects a lot. And that there have been Avs scouts at various Boston prospects games. Um, they named Jesse Gabriel specifically. Oh, yep. And um, I know that Ludicky was high on him. Yes. So the point being is it takes time, right? Once you sort of like, okay, well, you know, basically they're saying like, odds on the only player, that unequi- the only prospect that unequivocally um, Sweeney said off, was off the table was McAvoy. So beyond that, it's sort of a matter of potentially Sackick and the Avs figuring out what they would want instead. Plus there has to be other moving parts. Uh, the assumption is that if Carla went... Leave it be, VA. Just you know, this is again. This is the paradigm that they're working on. Within that, another defenseman would be coming back, which I suspect would be someone like Nikita Zadorov, who's twenty-one on an expiring or on expiring ELC. He would be, you know, basically a body coming back. I don't think that'd be a good trade, but anyway. Mm. So it takes time. I still, I still would like to not believe it's happening because I think that. I feel like there's danger all over this Landis Scott deal. Maybe he bounces back. His style is very Bruinsy, but he's got a very Luch feel to him to me as well. Does makes a lot of stupid decisions on the ice. Yeah, I'm not fond of it. I'm not fond of it, and I'm not fond of pieces I've heard that are potentially going back. So, yeah, I the thing that annoys me about the whole thing with Landis Scott is 
for the last couple of years, we've 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 all heard the talk, and I'm sure we and we've all talked about it ourselves how we need defense and how we need good young defensemen, and so we're trying to fill a perceived hole by creating another one by trading Carlo is how I'm looking at it, and I would rather keep that piece there and look elsewhere because I don't think Landeskog is going to be very good. I mean, and I hate the argument that he's a former, whatever, number two, three overall pick, and he won this trophy and that trophy. Good for him. He didn't do it. He's not doing shit this year. He has 23 points, 11 goals in 45 games. I mean, holy shit. Now, one other thing that Ludicky talked about, uh, interestingly, this was the first I'd heard this, is at one point during the 2011 season, the Leafs were looking like they were seriously going to be likely case for last in the league. Mm-hmm. And so the Bruins at that point held their 2011 pick. This is, of course, the one that eventually went ninth overall with Dougie Hamilton. We're watching specifically Landis Gog in the event they got a pick that high. Hmm. Then, then James Reimer appeared and, and the Leafs uh, improved at the end of the season, so ended up being ninth overall. Point being is this, Landis Gog has been sort of something someone the Bruins have been watching for a very very long time now <sighs> I don't again again this is just what they said on the uh, on, on their show so I don't know I'm I would like to hope that Carla wouldn't be what would be going out because there's still a matter if you need to open up salary right so I have to assume that like Bolesky would go the other direction as a body he is scratched tonight isn't he yes yeah. okay so, I'm just pointing it out yeah um, just because he's the only one with the sort of term that would be useful and the amount of money. Yep. And actually, to be perfectly honest, if uh, Bleski's not currently playing and Landis Cog's also a left wing, it, it just sort of makes sense. It does. It does. I obviously have reasons why I don't want Carlo changed out. One, I, I really, honestly, it's not like I have this undying love for Carlo because that's kind of weird and gross. Um, but it's kind of like, I like to have a player that is my guy. All you know three I mean? of your guys have gone away the last few years. All of my guys have gone away. So I really want a defenseman that is my guy who's going to stick around for a while. A little while. You know what I mean? But I also really believe that at this point we need to start looking at making this defense younger. I mean, building up the defense. It's going to have to go younger and it, we're going to have to have some growing pains. And we're going to have to develop the defense that we have. Okay. So it means McAvoy, it, it probably means Ogara and Grizzlick and, and Carlo and all those pieces. We'll, I, we've done some good drafting. Let's put them all together at some point. Not well, everybody's going to be ready at the same time, and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Oh, because... and, you know, there are some things to consider, too. Yes. Maybe not, maybe not everyone will be ever be ready. You know, Zaboral being the highest bust risk out of the bunch. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and the other thing, too, is you don't, there is never going to be a space for everyone. Inevitably, someone will be traded at some point. Oh. However, right now is not the time to be trading the only one who's ready. No. Right. Do not break my Because none, none, none of the others are here yet, so now is not the time to trade the one that is. Right. And the other thing, too, that people seem to be getting caught up on is they're not, their belief that he's not a one or two defenseman. Since when... Do we just trade people who are not one and two defensemen? If he's a top four guy, solid second pairing defenseman, why can't we have that too? Think about what we could have down the right side next, the right side next year there, with McAvoy, Carlo, 
because the Carlo Krug pair actually like kind of makes me very excited. It's a long term long term possibility. Yeah, so McAvoy Carlo McAvoy Carlo Chiller. That is a strong right side, and it's a position that's a hard to have depth in strength. Yeah, so it's like I I just don't I don't want this to happen. Carlo doesn't have to be the best thing ever. I don't really care about where he ranks. I just want him to stay. I want us to to build this defense because at some point they will all mature and they will all be great together or they'll be gone. I mean, it's like, you know, let people form together and and fuse. And if they don't fuse, then get rid of the pieces that don't work. In two years, we could have a defense that could be something that would be like, yeah, that could be something like Krug, McAvoy, um, Lauzon, uh, Lauzon, Carlo, O'Gara, Chiller. And it could be cheap, too. It would be very cheap in two years. Yeah. I'm just O'Gara, saying, would, like, O'Gara would be the only one besides Krug off of their ELC in that group and Chiller. So, and most of those guys wouldn't cost much. And we already love the Krug contract right now. So, I mean, it, it'd be cheap, they'd be good, they'd be young. I mean, think about that defense, and then you still have Tuca behind there doing Tuca things. I mean, holy shit. The skating in that group. The fucking skating in that group. Yep. I would much rather have that than give up Carlo for freaking Landeskog and watch him freaking fall through the ice. And here's the thing about it, too, is I don't really understand why the abs are so hot after him. They actually have a really good one-two punch on their right D in Eric Johnson and, and, and Tyson Berry. Neither of them are earth shakers, but they're pretty fucking good on the right side already. He's the hometown kid. He could sell tickets. I mean, it's I'm not Colorado saying, Springs. It's a couple-hour drive. But, but <laughs> hometown in the respect that he's from the state. Come on. I'm not saying that that's like a really... I, I'm saying the teams will do things like that. To ploys to get people to buy in. Well, here, here's the thing: is they drafted McKinnon over Seth Jones when Seth Jones was literally a hometown kid. Oh yeah, because his dad used to play for the Denver Nuggets. And so yeah, and so when he was in, he was born in Texas when he was in Texas, but he most was growing up and he was lived in in Denver. Yeah, let me tell you, Popeye Jones, amazing. Getting his his son Seth developed an interest in hockey, and he. Um, formed this friendship with Joe Sackick and that's how that happened. Isn't and that then a he beautiful story? Him. It is, well, and then he doesn't draft him. Yeah, yeah, well, and then and then Sackick drafted McKinnon, which must actually like I, I I would think if you're the Joneses. But but the Joneses know that this is business. This they is know true. this is a business. And they they probably went and said we need uh you know forwards are always more valuable in some respects. Yeah, because you need twelve of them to make a, a you know, to to make and, a good And that, I remember in the run up to that draft, there was all sorts of Neo Crosby hype about McKinnon. Really, it's just because he's from fucking Coal Harbor. But, but I, I'm just <laughs> saying that I don't think that Popeye Jones or Seth Jones got offended by that. I I think that they realize the nature of sports. You know what I mean? Well, having but, a dad in the industry helps to exactly, yeah. exactly. So I don't think that the friendship is any less viable or anything. Um, and I think that Seth Jones is actually pretty happy with, with where he is right now. You yeah. Know? I get, you know, that, that trade and um, that sent him to, to Columbus was a, that was a really good move on Kekalainen's part. At the time it looked like they left themselves with no one, no, no first line C. And even now there's sort of a question about that, but they're doing well anyway. 
So I think each team benefited from it, and that's almost like the best possible thing that you can do in a trade. Yeah. Um, they they really like Johansson down in Nashville. I think it's taken him more than a year to kind of catch on. Johansson's um, like the first ever first-line center they've had, apart from that brief period where they inexplicably had Peter Forsberg on the team. Yeah. And that was an old, broken-down Peter Forsberg. Not the one that Patrice Bergeron was fan of. Not the same Peter Forsberg, just much later. Yeah. Well, no, no, I know. He was a shell of that. that, Yes, there we go. There we go. The nuance of that joke was, was, yeah, okay. Uh, um, But anyway, (laughs) um, yeah, so, you know, that trade was mutually beneficial. Um, you know, I, I, I found the, the rise of the Blue Jackets to be intriguing. Um, and uh, the, the Predators are finding their way again. So that's fine. Um, and I wish, I wish that they would give up their backup goalie. <laughs> Soros. We can have a double finished tandem here. Come on. Juicy. Juicy. Yes, but you know, you see, Saros. I would, I would refuse to say it correctly because you see. Yeah, I like saying you see. I like. I'm used to German. We we do the yeah yeah sound for the J. I'm I'm pretty sure the Finns do as well, based on yeah. uh, Yusi Jokinen. Um, also yep. being a Yusi, although they're not the same name because Jokinen ends in an I, um, uh, Saros in an E. But <laughs> well, whatever. Neither here nor there. Let's go on to this last part. Um, what do you, what is your dream thing? Now, see, I just have to interject right now because we know that Anthony, were he here, he would say, Oliver Ackman Larson! Ah!" And then he'd probably, like, um, die from jacking off from that. So, I'm probably going to get that last part out. (laughs) No, no, you probably should leave that in. (laughs) Long-term listeners, that won't be news. (laughs) Yeah, the, the as, as, as 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 Anthony as Anthony has been known to say from time to time, the thought of it makes his pants fit tighter. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I just took it to another level because I do that. Anyway, what is your your your? I know. Come on, are you going to say Tanov again? I think not, actually. <gasps> wow, I'm excited. Chiller's okay, recent improvement sort of made me back off on the need for a right-handed right-handed defenseman. Ooh, go on. Um, what? I said, go on. <laughs> um, well, I, there's the thing is I haven't really, you know, locked into a, a dream situation, a, a, a new dream situation, right? I mentioned that in an ideal world, I would, while I don't love Matt Machine as a player, I would love to see a trade that involves Krejci and his contract going outbound and someone like Machine coming back in. Regard almost regard in a vacuum, not trying to put, make that trade work because it would involve a lot of parts going the other way with Krejci. But... Something like that, something that, that that comes back with someone who's maybe not even necessarily higher producing than Craig G, but comparable with shorter term. See, I'm going to put words in your mouth now, and I'm going to tell you what you want to happen. You want Brandon Carlo to stay. Um, I think I've been pretty clear on that point, yes. Okay, so I'm just saying that. Okay, so <laughs> Matt Duchesne. I, I actually, you know, it's like when they talk about the forwards that could be available, and like I would much rather have Mar- Matt Duchesne. I know Absolutely. he's a little bit older, but I think he's just a little bit better. You know what he's I mean? He's more versatile. He's center, left wing, and he has played right wing. <gasps> Point being is he plays all. He has he plays two positions and has played the other one of the forward positions, right? 
Um, he is now if he can only play goalie and and uh, right def- I mean left defense, we'd be all set. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and honestly, to be truth be told, um, if Carlo was the currency in a transaction that had Krejci going the other way and Duchesne coming back. That specifically is a scenario that I open my eye, uh, that, 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 that I become more more open to. More open to is not the same as open to, of course. But because I, I am full full stop uninterested in Carlo in, in anything that would be Carlo plus in exchange for for for, for Lance Scott. So, so I'm just being clear that that's one that I'm willing to start talking about anyway. Jeff only kind of wants me to not be heartbroken. Hmm. Well, he mostly doesn't want me to be heartbroken. I'm sorry, <laughs> I agree. With you. For me, I'm 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 very much cat GM, with the exception of a few, of a very few specific players who I uh, uh, who, who I refuse to see anywhere else. You're right. You are a cat GM, and I am a little bit more of a dog GM. But in this case, I'm allowed to be a dog GM. About and again, Carl. I have some I have some flexibility. There's you know a few players that I would you know legitimately drive down to Boston and knife uh, Sweeney be traded personally. Threatens, threatens violence I have, against him. I have a few people. I, w- I would, I would knife him over Bergie, um, Marchand, and Pasta. Hell, I'd probably, knife him over McAvoy. Prob- probably Rask and even Krug, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I'd knife him over McAvoy as well. Because it would be a stupid move. I don't have that kind of attachment to McAvoy yet. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it would be a dumb move. And honestly, I'd be pretty close to doing it if he traded Sinition too. Okay, excellent. I might have to cut all of this out because I don't want anybody to get in trouble. Yeah, it's true. I was pure <laughs> hypotheticals on things that haven't happened and realistically speaking aren't going to. I know, I know. Realistically shouldn't, yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I, 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 there is not a scenario, I think, where Sweetie ends up trading Bergie, Marshy, or, 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 or Pasta to begin with, to, to, to start with. Nope. Notice I didn't say that there isn't a scenario he trades Rasker, uh, Rasker crew, because both of those are things that could plausibly happen, but. Yeah. Yeah. I do have an ideal person I would trade for, though. Yes, I want to hear it. Now, I obviously I would I want to go like super all star and trade for the best. However, this is a little bit of a curveball. This is someone I've never mentioned before on the show. Oh, I'm excited. Interesting. <laughs> and, um, he's having a down year this year, but he had a pretty good year last year. He's still young. He's only 21, and he would definitely help the left wing. And I would call up. Uh, Arizona to see if he's available, and that's Anthony DeClaire. Oh yeah, he's down in the AHL right now, what? so he's not on. He's not even on the main roster. Um, he's had a really he's had a tough year. Like I said, he's only got I think nine points in forty games. But last year he had twenty and twenty four, um, twenty goals, twenty four assists in his first full season in the NHL. He's someone I would look at um, to see if he's available for the left wing. And yes. He is on the TSN list at number 14. Yes, I actually really... I, I haven't seen too much of Declare other than a couple of games here and there because I haven't watched a lot of Arizona Coyotes. And uh, But I have seen him in tournament play, especially when he was with Max Domi. Um, yep. They are just pretty... They're really good with each other. And then I got really excited when they ended up on the same team because Declare was not originally on the Coyotes. Right, he was with the Rangers. Right, so he ended. They ended up on the same team, and I thought that is that is a good future right there. I I like your thinking, 
I like your thinking because I like Anthony Duclair. And I would see if there's some way in the future you could get Max Domi over here too. Then, because Quite I as think well. that, I think they work together so well. I think uh, you know if you saw them in uh, what was it Juniors Canada. Yeah, they played really well in was it the U twenty and then the U eighteen maybe. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah, just the, the, the under twenties was like they were. I think they were. I think McDavid's linemate. I think so. Linemates. I think so. Yeah, yeah, they were really good together, and it was just like, that is a combo that you want to see more of. And then they ended up on the same team, and I got very excited. I don't know if I got excited to talk about it here, but, it, like, you know, in some other realm, I was very excited think, about it. You know, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to explore that. I have some suspicions, because Duclair is basically their, the big, what they got for, for pre-handle, right? Yeah. Right. Trade was um, Duclair, a first, and um, John Moore. John Moore, who they didn't QO at the end of that season, is now playing for the Devils. And their first from the Rangers was this past year. Um, so that was the one that they traded up to get Chikrin with, I think. And according to the hockey news, they are listening to offers on him. This he wouldn't is... be cheap. He's not a player that they really wanted. And they're not well, sure they I, want to keep him. I, I feel like he was probably the, the core of, I mean, because at the time the trade was after those World Juniors where he played with Domi. And I'm sure that's why they probably specifically asked for him, for him in that as part of the return for uh, Free Andal because of that. Right. I'm just not sure that Arizona knows what they're doing. I'm not entirely sure either. You know, why not take advantage of that? And he's probably cheap enough that. If it doesn't work out, I mean, you probably don't have to give up too much for him. And if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. And yeah, and, and he's an, I mean, the other thing, he's an RFA after this year. Oh. I mean, you're potentially looking at as much, I would compare it to the Connolly trade. It would probably be very similar price. To the probably, trade? Connolly. We picked up Connolly. So I, I suspect oh. he would cost two seconds, probably. Oh. Which, I mean, I honestly, I'd do it. He's only twenty-one. I mean, and he had, and he's only one year removed from that good, pretty that good first full season in the NHL. I think that um, depending on yeah. who's the coach next year, if he's someone who can help coach him up, I, and with the players on offense that the Bruins have, like a Bergeron, like Brad, who could, and Backus, who can help, you know, instill that hockey knowledge into him. I just think but he would be... Again, do we need a left wing? I mean, maybe not, but he could play... I mean, well, we could potentially right? be looking at Bjork making a run for making out of camp next year, for example. This is not Bjork. about do we need him. This is about what we want. This is the and I would thing. want him. This is my, He would be my dream trade. Would hey, be him. Come on, dreams are not necessarily about what makes sense. It's just the dream trade. It's okay. Jeff, you look dubious. You look like you're just, you don't want, it's okay. I'm trying Tim, to be a pragmatist here, that's all. Uh, you know what, That's there's no room for pragmatism right here. I, I like your thought here, Tim, I really do. I would love to see if we can get Max Domi over here and kind of just have I, some. And I would agree with you, Tim, that actually he's exactly the sort of person that based on what Sweeney said in his, in, in his Claude uh, press conference, that he's looking at because he said he doesn't want rentals. He wants people that are young and can be on this team long term. So yes, by that measure, Duclair would fit that description, and I would say better and cheaper in that regard than Landis Gog too. 
By the measure that is just the dream idea, I think you're right, Tim. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not a completely pie-in-the-sky idea. I'm saying it's like, you know what? That makes some sense, too. So, And see, this I am just bridging the gap between... <laughs> uh, all right, well... So, VA, your dream acquisition. Oh, my dream. I actually was sitting here not trying to get involved in that. <laughs> you might have gotten away with it if there was four or five people here. If, if there was some, uh, more of us here. You I can blame Anthony for this. My dream acquisition for eye candy purposes is always Roman Yossi. But I know that is completely unrealistic and we're not just gonna i mean he's fine but he's i don't think he would fit here it's just not a good thing my my actual dream thing is to not get rid of carlo i don't know i mean that's not really a i know oh addition by not subtraction (laughs) (laughs) addition by not subtracting no i mean it's like i can't ask for players that don't play as well and are gone Right, so that's that makes no sense. Um, I'm always, I always think more defense than I do offense. Uh, although, honestly, sometimes it would be nice to have better offense. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it would be great to have like a backup goaltender who's actually a really great starter, and that's just stupid. That can't happen. Defensively, yeah, it's like happens when a when a, when a, when, a, when a prospect comes up and turns into a really good backup, and then when his contract ends, you have to either trade your starter or trade your backup for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> like Mark, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that whole thing's happened like multiple times in Toronto and uh, Ottawa. Well, yeah, Toronto has been re- receive, re- on the receiving end of those backups. That were put, that were too good and, and too expensive for someone else. First Bernier, and now Anderson. Yeah, so it's like it, it's one of those things where it's like I would love to have every one of my favorite players in the league on this team. <laughs> Total cap hit of about one hundred and fifty billion. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just like you know. But I, I have to say that I sat here this week and and I looked at the the hockey news thing and I'm like, how much in the tank does Patrick Sharp have? He's an he's a UFA after this season. And I'm like, I wouldn't want him because I think he's kind of used up and done. You know what I mean? Johnny Oduya was done when they traded him. You know, it's like, USA, so it's like, USA. yeah. So it's like, you just look at these things and you just go, okay, well, I don't want any of that. I don't want Landis Gog. You know, I don't want to give up Carlo because I really feel like the, what we need to do is build up this, this defense with youth you know, and if Colin Miller was like the first part of that youth and then we have Brandon Carlo and then, you know, probably get McAvoy next year. It's like, OK, so that's that's good building uh, blocks and we'll probably even have more whether or not they make the actual team or if they're in the AHL for a rebuilding or for a building year or two. You know, I, I, I want to be committed to building this defense up more and I don't want to trade away defense to get forwards that aren't going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I I honestly, I relied on having a third person here to actually obscure the fact that I didn't have a, a dream person that I wanted to trade for. And really, the only older UFA that's going to be UFA at the end of this year that I would look at is a guy who I've wanted them to look at for the last few years is Verbeta. I just, mm-hmm. I like him a lot. He's I think he's got like 40 points maybe this year. I think he's got like 11 or 12 goals. 
I think Robata is always like a a rental. It feels like he's a rental at the end of every year. Robata also has this weird thing where he isn't really great anywhere but Arizona. And this is why it's just his third stint there. <laughs> yeah, it's like he like he returns to normal. <laughs> Like his first, yes, his first season with the Canucks was great. 63 points in 79, but then last year was 27 points in 63 games. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, he he looks good at times, but not really. All right, just for the sake of saying it, I'm just going to say fucking Roman Yossi, and there we go. Okay, just quickly, guys... I just want to throw one thing. Who would you absolutely, profoundly, unequivocally least like the team to trade for? Matt Cook. Matt Cook, no, don't want Matt Cook. We already have Zach Vernaldo, but he's in the AHL and I didn't. My answers are my my answer is Alex Burrows. Oh, Alex Burrows, and he's uh, he's on those lists. No, yes, yes, he is twenty three on the TSN list. Fuck <laughs> you! You bit his fingers. You bit Bergeron's fingers. You fucker! No, 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 no! A million times. Honestly, yeah, Burrows Burrows is on there, but to be completely honest, given what it probably. Um, would cost to get him when this cog might be that guy too. Because <laughs> well, see, 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 I can name so many people. Burrows, if he's available, would be cheap because Benning, Benning is dumb. Um, but he's also probably Vanek. not available because Benning is dumb. Vanek is another one I really don't like for just no other reason than he was always a Boston killer. Yeah, I mean, but he, he can't he, kill the team if he's on our if he's on our team. Wait, hang Damn. on. No, that's not entirely true. By sucking, he can. If he just decided yeah. to suck. Yeah, Vanek knows he's on the trading block. So he doesn't really have any inspiration to perform. If he, I mean, he was scratched the last time the Bruins played the Red Wings. Or I'll injured. Scratch or was an injury, yeah. I'm saying he was a healthy scratch because it fits my narrative. <laughs> he might I mean, have been injured. I don't really remember. But I, I remember that he was scratched. Even when he wasn't injured. You know what I mean? It might not have been against the Bruins. It might have been against other teams. I don't know. I just... There are, te- there are people I don't want. I don't want Ribeiro. I don't want Neil. I don't want... You know, oddly, they're on the other team that I, I like. Um, I don't want Corey Perry. I don't want Getzlaff. I don't want uh, Dustin Brown. I don't want... God, there's so many players I don't want. <laughs> Actually, an interesting name on the TSM list... Um... He's got kind of a high ter- high um, cap hit though for the next two years. Um, is Eberle? I mean, at right I actually, wing. Yeah. Okay. A couple years ago, when I followed the uh, the Oilers a little bit more, Eberle Eberle was just not very good. Like he has such potential, but when he turns it off, he turns it off. He's he he's Here's very much. Yeah, Eberle has thirty four points, and he's been playing on fucking McDavid's right wing. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. There were times where he was, okay, you know what? He always played for a shitty team, but he was always the bright part of the shitty team. But and now was, he's playing right wing with one of the best scorers in the league and only has 34 points. Right. I just don't want Everlay. I mean, I don't even think he's shitty. I'm saying he's underperforming. That's all. Yeah, I mean, $6 is a high cap hit. Yeah, and um, he's a right wing and only a right wing. That's um, the other thing. It was TSN next year, we're, next year, we're, next season, we're likely to already have two six million dollar right wing right wings. That's true too. That's the other thing. Um, TSN had Declare listed as a left and right wing. So 
you know, trades, I've gotten to the point where I'm used to the Bruins trading for someone and it's just not really working out. Although the Stempniak thing and Lyles thing worked to a point last year, it just, it didn't achieve the end goal, so. Both were but, good for us, but it was not, didn't fix anything. I, yeah. I, I think what the Bruins really need to do right now is buy into the Cassidy system and just ride it out and make it work. That's it. Hey, that's just it. I don't think we should trade for any skaters because so far the returns have been good, but we only have, you know, five more games until the deadline to watch what, to see what this, this team becomes. That is not enough time to judge what parts we need apart from the backup goaltender. That's still, and that still annoys me though, too, because what? We've played three games under Cassidy, is it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Tonight's the so, fourth. So that's still going to be within that 10-game period after a coach is fired that a team generally still plays well. So they could trick themselves into trying to trade for someone. And that's what I don't want to happen. Now, can you, t- can you see why I think that if they had fired Claude when, they, when we all thought he was going to do it, it probably would have been a better thing? But okay. Yeah, I can, I can see just because all- that 10-day that honeymoon period that 10-game honeymoon period is still going to be in effect. You know what? Look, I am only o- I'm only for cl- trades if they're really going to improve you. Okay? And I, in the short amount of time that I've been watching the Bruins, I haven't really seen that. You know? And, of course, Don has only been doing this for, well, last year and this year. So it remains to be seen what will happen. I kind of, my personal thought in on it is, like, just stand pat. I mean, yeah, it would be great to get a, a, a backup goaltender. Um, but mostly I think that they need to trust what they have and let Tuka rest, fucking rest, on the games that he should re- be resting, okay? Um, bring him out for the games that you, you really think that you need to play up to a certain level and let him rest on the ones that you can kind of try to win on your own without him. I, I just... You can't play some of the games, like... The- they can't do that. Not if he was already nursing an injury. It's just, it's a lot. I feel for Tuca. I just want him to be well and play well. And he was in the World Cup of Coffee. So. I, you know what? The more we go on from the World Cup of Coffee, I just hate it. Yeah. I know it it's will not- happen again, but I just hate it that it happened. Because I feel like it's just made the season worse for everybody. Yeah, and it's, it's it's fucked up because they introduced the bye, which was agreed on years ago, several years ago in mm-hmm. the CBA, and the World Cup of Coffee the same season, and this has just made everything all fucky. Yeah. I mean, it's like this year, baseball has the World Baseball Classic, and that takes place during spring training, and there are more and more players ducking out of it because they just, you don't want to ramp yourself up that early. It's not good. No, because you know what? For the stuff that you actually get paid for... And the the actual, like, you know, the thing that matters, winning the Stanley Cup matters a lot more to, to players than winning that ugly trophy that was given out in the World Cup of Coffee. Looks like no. it's still wrapped in bubble wrap. Yeah, I, it was just such a The free vase that comes when you buy flowers. Right, right. <laughs> so let's just go into bare necessities. Well, before bare necessities. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to have a... a Sexy schedule reading. Well, folks, the Bruins are back in action this week. And it starts right off with the dreaded California road trip. Tonight, the Bruins will be playing the San Jose Sharks at a reasonable time. 8.30 Eastern. 
but uh, then on Wednesday and Thursday, we have the Ducks and the Kings back-to-back, both starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, because fuck California. <laughs> I want to point out that tonight's game, for those who are not in Eastern Time, it will be 5.30 p.m. Pacific and 9.30 p.m. Atlantic Time. I'm quite aware that it'll be 9.30 p.m. Now, the last game between now and our next recording is also uh, next Sunday. The last game of this road trip. It's not in California. It's in Dallas at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. So, uh, a Manatee game. That's 7.30 Hawaiian. (laughs) (laughs) Is that 7.30 p.m. Hawaiian? Actually, a.m. Is that 7.30 a.m. Hawaiian? It is. Get your kegs and eggs, Hawaii. It's morning hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Kegs and eggs! I love it! Okay. I I just want to say one thing about the Stars game. Fuck the Stars! I fucking hate them! And it won't even be Raptor Jesus Day because he's retired now. Mm. But he made the most of his career, and he's continuing on. He's doing good things. Who's my favorite Bruin on the Stanley Cup team? I think when we did the Who do you former Bruin you missed most, he was my he was the one I missed most. (laughs) I just miss Svetty a lot. We know. Ferris forever. (laughs) Even though he's sucking in the KHL this year. It's okay, lots of people are sucking in the KHL this year, so it's fine. Probably making more heat. getting hit in the KHL. A lot of players can't claim that. <laughs> okay, sexy schedule <laughs> reading. <laughs> Healing! <laughs> oh, I, I need to come up with a bump for that. I haven't put any bumps in anything, but come up with something like that. Okay, so... Now that you have the sexy schedule reading for the Bear Necessities. Bear Necessities! So what do we have going on this week? Who went, I'm going to have Tip go first. Okay, well, I am still nursing this damn cold. So it's going to be a lovely mixture of water, tea, airborne, day and NyQuil. I think that about sums it up. <laughs> I knew that NyQuil was going to be in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking it by the 16-ounce bottle. Just, just, I mean, mix I actually, just mix it with the liquor and, and light it on fire. Make it a flaming mo. <laughs> I'm actually just planning on getting my z IV drip here. And just <laughs> going to sleep. <laughs> <sighs> I've often said that about Diet Coke. Just hook it up. Just, there you go. Uh, well, There's Tim- blood in my z veins. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well... Tim, I hope you feel better so you can get back to drinking really bad alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my my liver is probably so pumped right now, to be honest. <laughs> it's doing cartwheels. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm sick. <laughs> Fuck this filtering thing. We're just going to do cartwheels. <laughs> When Jeff says that, I'm not sure if he's yawning or if he's really, really upset about what we've said. <laughs> I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. <laughs> All right, Jeff. What's going on? Okay, so um, on account of him starting at 11.30 p.m., I will not be watching either of the uh, midweek games this week. Because um, 
you know, I have a job and stuff. Unfortunately. But you read, the, you read the sexy schedule for it. Come on now. I know. I know. It's it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, but tonight I have um, uh, been drinking during the podcast and I have a couple more bottles of a uh, toasted coconut stout that my buddy brewed. You know, I talked about trying it for like six months and then took a run at it. It came out okay, actually. I thought you had talked about this before, but you had not, apparently. He only I he he only gave me the bottles on Friday. Um, he brewed it. He started the brew just before Christmas. I must be psychic. That's what it is. I think Clearly. you should do sexy tweets of games now, if it's possible. That would be funny with, with gifts. <laughs> My sixty-one followers will be just so overjoyed. <laughs> you can do it on the barely account, uh, barely in topic account. <laughs> more than 61 followers I, I, I don't know <laughs> um, and I'm not going to look right now because that takes me away from this okay so coconut toasted coconut stout which is different than coconut stout because it's not toasted well there is a difference between toasted and co- uh, regular coconut toasted coconut is far superior if you ask me yes uh, because like it's, it's yeah the caramelization the uh, Maillard uh, reaction that happens is a good thing for coconut. Uh, we have 57, by the way, for barely on topic. See? More than 61. How many of them are porn? I don't know. At More than one. 61. I mean, less than 61. Okay, um, alright, so this is what I found this week. And if you can hear, it's empty. Oh, the unnameable block logger. <laughs> Yes, I did get the Narragansett, the new Lovecraft, um, the unnameable black lager. I would read the back for you, but um, maybe I'll do that some other time. Mostly because I think I need my glasses to read them because read it because it's so tiny. That's what she said. I don't know if that's something that you want her to say. <laughs> oh, I know. She said it. No, 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 unequivocally, it's not. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so I got this uh, special brew this week. It's got this creature with many, many eyes. It's very dark and black. And actually, it's really curious because, okay, it's a black lager. I've never had a black lager before. I do like dark lagers, dunkles specifically. And it pours like a stout, and it tastes not quite like a stout. It's really dark. Like, it's. Like I felt like felt like my stormy? soul felt like my soul was being enveloped by the darkness. So it was thoroughly Lovecraftian, is what you're saying? I think so. I think so. I think I have the power of Cthulhu now. Was it stormy as well as dark? <laughs> Slytherin. So so anyway, yes. So I, I'm I have that this week. I do have to move on to the end of the show. Word. What is this about word and stuff? It's not the end of the show. <laughs> Jesus, Jeff just checked out. He's just like fuck it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to give the outro. I got nothing more to add. <laughs> That's what you say. All right. So uh, unless I said, hey, Jeff, why don't you tell us where we can be found? I can do that. So, of course, you can uh, find us on Twitter at, uh, at Barely on Topic. Um, and uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook or come out, hang out with us at uh, com. We don't bite. Wow. Man, he managed to make that more efficient than I would have. Play us out, Timmy. <laughs> Word.